For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. Hi everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. It is a nice day in Adelaide, 12 degrees, heading for a top of 14. Big show coming up. We've got sample... A finals coming up today, AFLW, cricket, basketball, the whole works. couple of guests coming in as well, but the stars of the show are here and ready to go, including this man. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's going to swoop? Andrew McLeod! Oh, bravo! Ah, morning to you, Bungie. It's a big show coming up. Oh, very excited, Case, and... Uh, that intro gets better and better. It's like I uh, kicked a couple of goals that, you know, that just keep getting celebrated that are, they're amazing. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's great to be here. Got a couple of uh, little, nice little, uh, I'm feeling good this morning, Case. Played cards against Brett's last night and uh, got the W. So I'm, I was pretty excited ah. about coming in this morning just to gloat about that. Oh, we're going to hear more about that <laughs> right <laughs> after this. From Mar. Yes! Big shot by Brett Mar. I think it was Andrew Gaze calling you a big shot there, but it on the was. card table, not so much, is it? No, right? I had a bit of an off night. I was still in the big flop. <laughs> I was still <laughs> sad. Queen died, you know. I was too uh, too busy worrying about her than to concentrate on the cards. So oh, mate. He's a cheat, too, Gaze, just <laughs> Is that right? I built a reputation. <laughs> Keep your wits about you. All yeah, right. Oh, well, not to worry. you got to win one way or another, don't you? Well, speaking about winning, no one does it better than Steph Gilmore. Eight-time world surfing champion. Get up and stand on your feet and applaud. Wow. Unbelievable. She is... So, to go past Lane Beachley, who was the held the, the title for the most... Well, she was sitting even with Lane Beachley on seven titles for a little while. And then to take that, that a little step further and becoming the GOAT. So, she is... Unlike Margaret Court, Bretster, she is the goat. Oh, stand by. Oh. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> Serena we, we, we Williams. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but fantastic effort, and we love to see our odds. We we we've been really. I, I guess it's one of the things in 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 world sports surfing. We've had a, a fair footprint in there for a long t- long time now, and uh, particularly in the women's. In the men's, we've had some great champions, but in the women's, we've dominated and we've done it. Uh, through obviously Lane Beachley and now through Steph Gilmore. Yeah, sitting top of the table, first and second, I think is very, very impressive. And I think what made it more impressive is she came into that one fifth seed and started very slowly and had to really get some good rides in late in her rounds to get through and get through to that final and beat Moore, who's sitting on six wins all time. So well, she's the reigning champ. She's She was reigning champ for the last couple of years because they – they had a break during COVID, I think it was. So 2019 and 2021. Mm. So she's the back-to-back champ. And to pip her was, was just Pretty awesome. Good. What I like and dislike about surfing is it's such a game of chance. So you could be sitting out there and not get a ride for like two, three minutes and you're done. Like it's a big go. 
But there's also that large amount of skill where you have to pick the right ride, ride it to perfection. And so there is so much skill involved. I love watching them when they're going. I love watching the trick surfing as well, uh, where they're jumping up and doing the 360s. But these guys are unbelievable. Have you tried surfing before? <laughs> yeah, it's not very well. I can't even get up. <laughs> I did try to uh, go surfing once with uh, Rupert Sapwell down at Goolwa. Um, that wasn't really because I walked out with him, but he took three steps and I was over, in under over my head in the water, so it was no good. I, I got a bit scared and I like body, back. I prefer body surfing, but yeah, what a what an effort, unbelievable effort. Let's talk about the U.S. Open because Australia's had success at the Australian Open this morning as well. Storm Sanders and John Pierce winning the mixed final. Good job by them, and the women's finals also being decided as well. I like watching the mixed uh, doubles. I think it's it's really entertaining, really good fun to watch. And I think we do exceptionally well in doubles. We've got a great history in doubles. So, yeah, really good to see uh, that. And it's interesting listening to comments uh, that have been made by people that have been going to US Open for a long time saying that this has been one of the best and most entertaining US Opens in a long, long time. And we're seeing some new names come up as well in the finals, which I really like. You're not seeing Federer, Djokovic. We're seeing some new guys and girls come through. And I think that's exciting. Yeah, I think, uh, is it uh, is the first time we've done it in the US Open? It's like it's 21 years or something. It's it's a it's a big Big, big, big break. But I think uh, Jamila Wolf and Matt Ebden were the last ones to do it for um, Australia in the Australian Open. I reckon they won the mixed doubles. But um, yeah, no, it's been it's been good. It's been good to watch. And some of the some of the uh, the games, Brett Stir, as you mentioned. And you know what I really struggle with pronunciation of names. Oh, there's a lot of weird, <laughs> weird names and hard ones to pronounce. Like I watch it and go, I just don't get it. Yeah. How do they How do they come up with those names? But um, well, they're born with them, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want, Do you want to have a crack? Oh, oh no, no. no, I'm not even going to go. Have there. a crack at the women's uh, title winner this morning, if you want, Bungie. Okay, you ready for it? Yep. Her name is. No, I can't even do it. Ega Swiatik. Schwatek, yeah, that's not too bad. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. I would have said Schwatek myself. Uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on Kyrgios? Like. <laughs> you know, I've gone out prior and said, look, he's a very loose cannon. I'm not a massive fan, but yeah. um, I did love his entertainment value. I thought his energy was good. Like when he ran around the net and hit that shot. He actually thought he was a Monty. Again. No, he can't. Have, he, can't, he can't play that long in tennis and know that that's not a valid shot. I don't care how hair-brained he was at the time. But look at his face, though. Yeah. He, I, yeah. What about he'd give it this one? The, the, the one-finger salute. Yeah, Yay! he was pretty devastated. I, what, I, what I don't like is when players lose and start smashing rackets. I, I, it's just not a good look for the sport. I don't like it. He does it a bit. Um, and that, it goes to show he's invested. Well, and I was going to say. He's, he's into say, it, yeah. but. You don't have to smash your rackets. But you know the thing that I do like is that he's it, it for me, and I, and I heard some of the commentary around it. People were talking, and I've seen some of the the you know on Twitter and and, and other places that people are smashing him about the way that he's carried on. Mm. But I saw it at a little bit because we're a little bit glass half full over here, Brester. Is that <laughs> I actually saw it as he's 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 close. He, he understands how close he is now playing in these big tournaments, and. There's a care factor there that probably haven't people haven't seen for a long period of time is that there's this real care. He's like, and he's, he, he was that close. There was a couple of points either way that he would have been advancing through, but 
because and then you know what? Unfortunately, the racket cops it, and it's not a it's not a great look. But I just think that he's he's just there and he cares that much that he wants to go on. And then, and all of a sudden, and I heard um, Todd Woodbridge talking about it in the call as well that you could actually see a bit of uh, there's a there's a maturity about about him in the sense of the way that he's going about his tennis now that probably haven't seen for a, a people that haven't been calling out for I guess for a long period of time. He's got so much natural talent. Uh, and it is his window, I think, at the moment, because some of those big names are on the decline. They're, they've reached their peak. They are on the downside. And he's, I think, just hitting his hottest patch that he can play. He just mentally has to get it right, and I think he'll be he'll be going well. Let's talk women's soccer for a second to jump jump ship around a bit. And Gustafsson, because he is under the pump. He's not got a great record he's only they've only got one win against the top 20 side since he's taken over which is it is pretty hard uh they, they haven't got a good win loss record would he be around if he was an australian coach probably not with with out the kind of back record that he's got to back himself up. he wears a scarf really nicely <laughs> around his neck when he's sitting on the sideline and, and yelling out but i'll tell you what watching that game the other day though it was very unmatilda-like for mine in the way that they actually play. What we've what we've come to know and what we've come to to watch and and see the Matildas and the way they go about it, they just look disorganised in defence. Um, the intensity wasn't there, and, and at times it was it was a little bit non-competitive. They just and they kept um, they just kept going long and trying to put these through these balls through and hoping that Sam Kerr would get on the end of it. They rely so much on her, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but it was like, when you've watched the, the way that they've been able to, to play and transform over the last few years, I think they've gone a little bit backwards. And we are a glass half full, but I think they have. I think you're right there, Bunchy. And speaking of going backwards, well, that is not, that is a complete opposite to what's happening with Volleyball South Australia. Mm. They are going forward and they're going forward in leaps and bounds. And we're about to talk about it because it's, we've got Carla Della Pietra, the Volleyball South Australia general manager on the phone to tell us all about what's going on and uh, really appreciate your time this morning, Carla. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm not too bad. I'm up bright and early on a Sunday morning after our awards night last night. This. Well, we'll get to the awards in just a moment, but initially we wanted to talk about this Australian first. The Adelaide Storm, who play in the National League, have got a two-year naming rights sponsorship deal with Polygra, who are great friends of our show, and that is just enormous to know that SA is leading the way. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pretty big deal for our sport and our athletes. Um, our athletes usually pay 100% of the tournament costs, um, so all travel, it's a home and away structure, so all of their travel accommodation um, game fees, um, uniforms, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's amazing that we can financially support our athletes now. And it's been uh, 2019 um, since with COVID, etc. since it's been, uh, the competition's been going. So what can we expect out of, out of the storm in both the men's and the women's teams? Uh, how are we looking there? Yeah, it's um, a pretty special um, couple of teams, actually. We've got um, a lot of good talent from the Australian team. So uh, Beth Kerry, uh, Rebecca Reeve and Steph Wheeler on the female side, all um, former Australian players. Um, and we also have uh, a big name of Nathan Roberts who played about 300 games for Australia. Um, so, yeah, some really good names in there and um, really good talent. 
Now, um, Carl, I know that a lot of our, our very good volleyballers tend to head overseas for um, to play in, in the, the competitions in Europe. Um, we know uh, fr- friends of ours, Bretster, uh, Tara Malin, she goes over there and plays, I think, in Belgium. Yes. She's over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of our, our athletes tend to, to head overseas. And, and with the, the league, is it, um, is it help financially for the, for the athletes to be able to stay in Australia? Yeah, we do have a bit of a different structure than overseas and something that I can't yet quite uh, grab my um, head around. So it's overseas, they do get paid a bit of money um, in Australia. They don't um, quite yet. Um, And it's bizarre because we are the uh, fifth uh, most participated sport in the world. um, And in Australia, we just don't see that yet. Um, But we're we're slowly getting there. And I I do believe that in the next couple of years, we can get to a stage where we are paying the athletes. Um, to stay here or even come from overseas to play in our competitions here. Um, but, yeah, we're not quite there just yet. My daughter actually uh, goes to Brighton High um, I, and plays, obviously. Everyone plays at Brighton High. and I, I love watching it as a team sport, the chemistry, the way the guys and girls get together and, and huddle. And I think it's a really good team sport for young kids to play. Um, what's, the, what's the program looking like for the young kids to, to make it through and get through to the storm? Yeah, that's a great question. We actually have just launched our Emerging Talent Hubs, which are the start of our performance pathway in South Australia. And that's a um, partnership with Volleyball Australia and the Sports Institute, so SASI. Um, and so we've just launched our first one in Ranella East. Um, we expected actually only 50 um, kids to, to show up and we've got 108, which is, is pretty amazing. Um, so we've started to launch them all around South Australia now and that's kind of the entry level for the juniors to really get um, a touch of volleyball and, and learn those fundamental skills. But it is, it is quite a technical um, sport um, that you definitely want to start as early as possible to, to refine as much as possible as well. So they're popping up around South Australia now and all, you know, all you've got to do is head to our website to find out um, the hub closest to you. And a great venue too, that new venue up at Ranella East. Um, the young juniors will be playing their finals up there this week coming up. Can you tell us about some of the award winners um, from the event last night? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the Best and Fairest Award winners um, were, were two names that I just listed off in the Adelaide Storm team, which is amazing. So the, the league uh, women's Best and Fairest was Rebecca Reed and our men's best and fairest was Nathan Roberts and both have done an amazing job this season but also just the impact they've made for volleyball in South Australia and Australia is just incredible. We're speaking with Carla Della Pietra, the Volleyball South Australia General Manager and your grand finals are going to be next Saturday, Carla, as well in the men's Mount Lofty, 15-0 and zero in the season. They're going to be hard to beat and their women from Mount Lofty have also made the grand final with a 12-3 and three record. Yeah, that's it. Lofty are a strong club, that is for sure. Um, they have been for a couple of years now, so it'll be very interesting uh, if um, their opponents can uh, take it, take the win against them. So South in the men's and Henley in the women's. Uh, Henley haven't um, made the grand final for many, many years, um, so it'll be very interesting to see the women's uh, GF take place next Saturday. And you're based down at the Adelaide 36ers Arena, which is a fantastic location for you to be involved there, locked in with the Lightning and Polygra and their, uh, everything that they're doing down there as well. And the grand finals, and when you get to the National League as well in October, November, will the games be played there or where are you going to play those? Yeah, we're not quite sure yet if we can um, host yet at the Adelaide 36ers Arena. Obviously, there, there are um, specifically basketball at the moment. Um, but we are looking um, to, to entertain the fact that hopefully we can. Um, but at the moment, we've got um, bookings at the lights 
community centre, which is which is an amazing venue. And the draw, I had a quick look at that the other day. A um, couple of away games first, is that right? And then coming back to play a few games here? Yeah, that's right. They actually start with three away games first. Um, so they go to uh, Tassie, Victoria and New South Wales. Um, and they play double headers every weekend. So Saturday and Sunday they, they play, um, which is pretty rough for some of the, the older athletes. And they come back for three home games, which will be nice for them to, to be in SA. And, um, you know, you can buy tickets for that as well. That will be really soon. Well, Carla, great to have you on the program. Uh, you're always welcome here. We love the work that Volleyball South Australia are doing in uh, partnership with Polygra. So good luck for that. And we'll advise everyone to get down there and enjoy the National League and the Adelaide Storm when it gets underway. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Carla Della de Pietra there from Volleyball South Australia. I took my boys to an international game. Australia played Brazil at the Adelaide 36ers Arena a few years ago. And if you're not going to a volleyball game, you're missing out. It is high octane. They are athletes at the next level. I tell you what, I saw. I was down at the stadium when they walked in to train that day, that morning. And as I walked past, my neck was sore. They're all like six <laughs> eight to seven foot two, athletic and just specimens that are very good to watch. And and as I said, it is a really good sport for youngsters to get involved in. I really enjoy watching it. It's good. So, talking about specimens, you wouldn't be able to play then, would you? Oh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I may be be a libro. They're the little ones that run around and do the little sets. Set them up and stuff like that. Set them up. But I'm not going to be a spiker in that level. In terms of athletes, though, they'd have to be right up there. Their two-foot leap is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Beat most basketballers in just a two-foot standing leap. Can there be a crossover? Oh, well, you look at the size of yeah. them and athleticism. It's just the fine motor skills of each sport that is the tricky part in the crossover, but very athletic. Yep. Well, this is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Appreciate your company as well. We're doing it all thanks to the Adelaide Lightning, the new Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. And we're going to talk a little basketball a little later. The Adelaide 36ers have been in action and play again today. And, of course, last week we were talking about the NBL 1 finals and we're going to talk about South Adelaide and West Adelaide who have gone to the NBL 1 championships as well because uh, certainly that's a tough competition over there and some interesting results getting through as well. But we're all about local sport, promoting local sport, what's going on here in South Australia. And that's why we've been talking volleyball. And I really think it's great to see what is happening with the partnership between between Polygra, who have come to South Australia and are supporting grassroots sports and helping them get a foot in the door somewhere. And sports that uh, traditionally haven't got a lot of uh, backing from commercial partners. So it's really good to see them getting involved, not only in sports like basketball, um, but also in baseball and ice hockey. But uh, to get into volleyball and give them some support there is excellent. Oh, we're seeing what Polygras uh, are doing and, and the facilities that they're actually putting together to actually support some of these athletes and nurture them at that grassroots level to actually give them an opportunity to play like for people like the Storm, Brettster, or to move up. Obviously, the Lightning is, is one that they support well. And and, and also, we're seeing down at the the, uh, the headquarters there, down at uh, off Crittenden Road, is that they're going to be putting some some netball courts in too and supporting some of the that, that growth through netball. Garville have got a relationship with them down there as well. So it's quite exciting. And um, you know, particularly their focus on women's sport as well and to be able to close the gap from... I guess, you know, the amateur to professional and you start to see those pathways for some girls. And you're talking obviously about Indy playing volleyball, but it's going to help 
um, some of those younger girls coming through as they choose a career in a pathway to, to you know, in, in, in the, their chosen sport. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Adelaide 36s arena evolves in the next couple of years. I've seen the plans. They're going to have something like 21 courts there. Wow. And that's including not only basketball, but netball, uh, volleyball, beach volleyball, uh, purpose-built gymnasium there. So that's going to be great. And, yeah, the Polygra guys, uh, Steve Wren in Adelaide and Ross and Paul Polygra and um, Steve's wife, Kaz, is doing some great stuff with the women as well. She set up her Bright Eyes Foundation, helping young girls uh, that don't normally get an opportunity as well. So they're doing some really good work here in SA. Now, Bungie, I know you're a little flat this morning because the Melbourne Storm have uh, been knocked out of the NRL finals. And this is another feature of the Bungie and Brett's show. We want to talk about sports that don't get a lot of headlines here in South Australia. The NRL massive competition, second only to the AFL in terms of football codes, if you like, in many ways. And, well, I'm a Melbourne Storm fan as well, and I'm disappointed, a little bit flat, that the Storm just couldn't get it done against the Canberra Raiders on the weekend. So it was a good game, but they just weren't good enough, and they are out. Disappointing. I was disappointed case um as you can uh probably see but um one thing for mine is that watching the the the, the i guess the final series in both in in our sports in in nrl is and and the afl breast who are probably our main two sports in the country have been crackers um and the rugby was was fantastic last night well it has been friday night's game was great um and then on the and last night as well but very disappointed because i was always worried about the storm um, going into last night's uh, elimination final because the Raiders have had the wood at Amy Park on their home turf. They've lost the last five, well, was the last four games or five games heading into that um, that round last night of the elimination final. And I just had this feeling. And, yep, disappointed we were. 28, when you put 28 points in um, at Amy Park, you know that uh, you're in a bit of trouble. What, what were your thoughts on the Cronulla North Queensland game? Uh, 32-30 North Queensland won that one. Uh, did you get an opportunity to see that? Did you see much of that? Yeah, well, basically the the, the good players came to play. Um, tight game again. Um, the Sharks would be disappointed. Um, that's a qualifying final that one. So the uh, they still get it. They get a second chance. And the um, Cowboys go through to the prelim. Val Holmes, um, Jason Tamalolo, the the usual suspects that stood up in the in the big moments. And Val Holmes is an actually came from Cronulla to, to the Cowboys, and uh, he's the one that put the dagger through him in the end. That uh, he's a he's a great player, obviously an Australian player, um, Queensland state of origin um, player as well. So um, no, there's, it was great. And and then on the Friday night, obviously Penrith. Um, they came back, uh, Nathan Cleary after five weeks suspension, he had his, um, uh, he came back, he'd been perfecting his, his kicking game on his, on the break on his little, while well, he was freshening up the legs, some of the bombs that he was, obviously they do a lot of work with, um, some of these guys, they, they're kickers, they do a lot of work with AFL players. Um, and they, they align themselves to some of the clubs, like obviously Melbourne do that a lot with Collingwood and, uh, and see a kicker in a football sport practicing kicking goals. Be, it'd be an in- interesting oh, fact, go. wouldn't it? <laughs> there we go. Hey, what about the Sydney Crosstown <laughs> rivals? <laughs> the Roosters versus South Sydney. They're playing today, 3.35 game. Uh, who's your tip? Yeah, well, that's going to be a big one. 6v7, um, the Savo elimination final. And, yeah, I, I, that's a bit – for me, it's a it's flip the coin. It's 50-50, I think. Both teams have had their um, – 
I guess they've had their struggles during the year, but also played some good footy. But, you know, we've got a couple of the best players playing coming up against each other. And, um, you know, Latrell Mitchell um, is, is probably one of the best players in the competition. So they'll be, they'll be trying to get off the back of him. And uh, James Tedesco is, is probably the number one man um, who is the number one man because that's what the number he wears on his back for the Roosters. But he's probably the best, one of the best players in the competition as well. So it's going to be a great uh, head-to-head. Uh, great finals coming up in the NRL. We'll be all over it here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. And we do it thanks to Laurenex Cleaning, securing workplace safety. Google them today. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show. And top of the morning to you. It is eight minutes past ten here on SENSA 1629. And the great work being done by the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation needs to be acknowledged. And we're right behind it and right on board. And we've got a terrific guest to tell us more about it. Zane Kirkwood, who is a nice man to be talking to in the sample finals. G'day, Zane. How are you, mate? G'day, Case. Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. Going well. Uh, Zane, uh, SNFL Grand Finals, you're obviously no stranger to that big stage, Captain Sturt, uh, to a victory. Uh, can you tell us uh, what your experiences were like uh, during that period? Yeah, uh, obviously uh, I was very lucky to, to win two and um, there were obviously great great times and uh, great build-ups in the week and then obviously experiencing it on the day was was pretty cool and, um, yeah, coming away with two wins was, was pretty special. But, um, yeah, I think it's a... It's a it goes goes pretty quick. I, I think back on it now. It's five years ago since we uh, last one, so it's uh, gone very quick. But something that's um, yeah, a great great experience, and uh, look back very uh, yeah, very happy with. I know this man is very humble. He's saying he's very lucky, but I'm thinking that uh, he was uh, not very lucky. Case. I think no, he, was, he was a great player. He was a very very good player, and uh, you don't win a couple of McGarrys and uh, if you're not a very good player. Um, now, Zane, before we jump into talking about breakthrough, um, just wanted to see how you're going. You're still running around, obviously still in good nick, up in the Barossa Light and, and Gawler comp, racking them up. Unfortunately, you guys went down yesterday to Nuri though. How's, how'd you, how, how, are you, how are you enjoying it up there? Yeah, no, it's good. I, I'm, I'm loving it um, out there. I uh, went out, gone out with a few mates. So Sam Calhoun, uh, who played at Sturt, he's the coach, and Johnny Greenslade and Henry Voigt. Um, a couple of boys from Sturt that have gone out there as well, and um, yeah, I'm loving it. It's uh, it's been been great fun um, out there. Unfortunately, we went down yesterday, so we uh, yeah had a bit of a bit of a tough day. But um, yeah, we got to a prelim prelim final, which is which is good for our, our young group. And um, yeah, hopefully we can go the next step next year. Be would be good. Uh, we've touched on uh, your greatness on the field. What about off the field? Um, you have probably gone through. Some challenges yourself in that mental health space. Are you able to share some of the day-to-day challenges that you've had to face in that area? Yeah, I guess I've been pretty open with my mental health stuff the last few years. And um, if someone going through something similar can take something from it and help them. So, um, yeah, I guess for me, just dealing with severe anxiety, um, for the majority of my life and um, something that I kept hidden from, from people just purely because I didn't want to get um, anyone to um, be burdened by what was going on for me. And unfortunately, it became quite a problem and um, I needed that support from, from my friends and family and my partner, Brooke, who, um, who's been great for me. And yeah, that's something that I'm, I, I, 
I'm open and acknowledge that I live with every day and, and work with rather than fighting it, I guess. And it's something that I'm, uh, I've changed my, I guess, mindset around of rather than fighting it, acknowledge it, work with it, and, um, yeah, see if we can some help, help some people as well that are going through something similar. Such a, um, when I listen to you talk, Zane, it's a very blokey sort of, a, a, I guess, response when you when you hear some of those things around, you know, hiding it and, and uh, you know, not being able to, um, I guess, share those, um, you know, your emotions and, and, and facing some of those those demons that you, we, we all tend to have. And we, you know, we we are as, as men, we tend to keep them to ourselves, but how, how do you go about telling some of the younger guys or, or anybody, I guess, not just the younger players, because we've seen this, um, a, a, you know, across all ages, but, um, you know, that, that may be in similar situations. Sorry about that one. Um, playing football and everything seems, you know, on the surface, everything seems to be okay around their mates, but under the surface, finding their, their, their own mental challenges. How do you, what do you say to some of these, these younger people? I think um, I think for me one of the big things was, and I think that sharing it with it is acknowledging what's going on rather than pushing it down and saying that it's not a not a thing, it's not me, it's not happening, sort of thing. I think especially in uh, growing up in footy cultures, you, you if you hurt, get hurt physically hurt during a game, you kind of push it to a side and keep playing, and you get praised for that. And then I think that kind of reflects on the, I guess the mental health side as well. If you're going through a mental health challenge. Um, you can, you can, I guess you're going through something, you just push it to the side and keep going because that, I guess that mindset of just push it to the side and keep going through sort of thing, which unfortunately doesn't really help. So I think acknowledging it and working with it and I guess speaking to the appropriate people, whether that's um, you know, uh, family, friends, or um, maybe even your footy coach or sports coach or um, whoever, and then if you need to go that next level, which is going to see a, a doctor or a GP or a, a um a professional, I think, is um, is definitely the key. But I guess, yeah, working with it and, and talking about it normally, um, as you would a, a physical injury, if we talk about doing a hamstring and you put in a, a rehab program to get back um, to, to playing, it's exactly the same thing for, for mental health as well. So I think the more we talk about it, it's getting a lot better, but we've still got uh, a little bit to go. But, um, yeah, it's getting getting a lot better. Oh, certainly is, and and that, uh, as you mentioned, injury prevention is 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 a way to go a bit about things, Brettster. And I um, you know, I, like I, I've been an advocate for you know going and seeking help um all my life, and I did it in my own career at times when I was feeling um you know I guess vulnerable at times, and when sought some professional help. One of the best things I ever did was to go and actually sought professional help just to get me through a lot of those little things that you go through, you know, like you said, perform whether that's around anxiety or performance or family or whatever that is. Um, but it is important that we actually find someone that we're comfortable to share. Um, it, it just have a conversation with Zane, isn't it? Just to, with anyone that you feel comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like uh, I've got, I'm a, not a Richmond fan, but I've got a bit of a crush on them for how open they are about their, I guess, talking about their vulnerabilities and, especially Dustin Martin, who speaks to, I think it's a mindful coach, mindfulness coach quite regularly. And like they're, they're open to talking about their mental health and how they're, they're dealing with that, I guess, performance anxiety, which is, you mentioned there and how, um, how much it helps them sort of thing. So I think the more um, we talk about it and I guess how it becomes normal, I think is really, um, really important. So yeah, spot on. Caught me by a bit of surprise, Zane. Uh, nine Australians take their life every day, seven of which are men. 
Uh, you're working, as we said, with Breakthrough at the moment. What are some of the things that Breakthrough are doing to try and help out in this area? Yeah, so uh, Breakthrough is a, obviously a research foundation. So we're it's raising money to, to go straight into research of um, trying to pr- help prevent uh, mental health and um, help people before it becomes a, a major problem. So we've, we've got community round, um, which we run um, throughout the year, which um, raises money, which then clubs can, can take part in to raise money and then get mental health first aid uh, people trained in their clubs. So they've got that port of call for people that are going through a bit of a challenge and they don't know where to go. They've got someone at the club that they can uh, go and speak to. Uh, we also run um, sessions, uh, med- uh, awareness sessions within the clubs and, and businesses. So just a little 45-minute session about um, just the signs and symptoms that people might be presenting or going through and, and what you can do to have the conversation with someone um, is, is really important. So I think getting those those kind of things in, in clubs um, and businesses um, is, is really important for people to feel confident to first have the conversation if they need to or if someone going through something um, can uh, feel comfortable to, to know what to do or where to go and who to speak with um, is really important. Zane, great to talk to you this morning. Really appreciate you joining us here on such a special, uh, such an important issue. And you did great things on the field and now you're doing great things off the field. So keep up the good work. We're right behind you here on SENSA 1629 and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. Before we let you go, who's going to win the sample grand final next week? Uh, North are in, so I'd I'd say they're probably the favourites at the moment. Um, I... Yeah, I'll probably go with North. Um, they look pretty good. I watched a little bit last week, so I think they'll probably be uh, red-hot favourites going into next week. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Have a good day. Thank you. Zane Kirkwood, our special guest there from the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation and ambassador doing great things. Interesting that uh, listening to Zane there, and he talked about the, um, I guess, the, the, Richmond, the Richmond team and how they're very in tune and, you know, they, they, they openly speak about their feelings and they talk to each other and they support each other, which is fantastic. And I, and I tend to agree, Brester, is that one thing that I see from the outside is that that's something that I guess is galvanized and brought them closer together and they see how they support each other. I see uh, Jack Rewald is one of the guys that leads from the front and he's fantastic. And um, he's always there as that voice for his teammates and be able to lend that support. And one thing talking about SNFL, we just mentioned about North Adelaide then case is that um, one thing I was reading about North Adelaide is that um, they, they went down this path in the preseason and they went away yep. and usually preseason camps, you go away and they're quite tough and you're doing all, anything uh, you know, can happen on preseason camps. <laughs> oh, right. let's, not get into, let's not get into that because we're talking about breakthrough, yes. um, you know, mental health and, and, and that, and the, the fact that you can go on these camps and, and be vulnerable and, and be open. And that was one thing I heard Jacob Surgeon talk about is they went there and all these players got to talk and, and get to know each other on a different level. Um, Aaron Fra- um, Francis talked about it as well at, yep. the, at the at the McGarry, is that they got to know their teammates intimately and understand who they are. And, and, and that's what you want you want to be able to do because then that promotes those conversations. And yep. you're not too big and too brave to not have a conversation with your mate and open up and talk about, you know, some of your feelings or how, you know, you're vulnerable or, or things that are got, aren't so things that aren't going so well in your life that you can actually have those conversations because we we're good at the surface, you know, crap that goes on and Hey mate, how you going? Slap on the back and, and whatnot, but actually diving deep and helping one of your mates is what it's all about.
Yeah, it's a good point that you make, and that just goes underscores the great work being done by the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. Great to have Rhett Kirkwood, uh, Zane Kirkwood on the uh, program with us here this morning. We're doing it for Lauren X Cleaning, supporting sample and community football in 2022. Google Lauren X today. And on the Bungie and Brett's show, time now for us to talk some basketball because there is a whole lot happening at the moment, including the Adelaide 36ers over in Perth on Friday night, and they play again today against the Wildcats. Uh, well, didn't get the win, Brett Maher, but what did you make of it? Well, it was always going to be interesting. It was John Rilly's first hit out as a coach, and I was interested to see kind of what he was like, what sort of systems he put in place. And they look like a, they're always around the mark. They're, they're going to be good. It was good to see Adelaide, uh, a lot of new faces there as well, come out. We didn't have Franks uh, or Drimmicks, but uh, it... Looked like Kai Soto was up and about. Did, and didn't it? Threw down a couple of nice dunks. Uh, Randall, um, not hitting his shot, but kind of gave a few good signs out there that he was going to be able to distribute the ball uh, reasonably well. And I, I think I think defensively is where we're going to place our stamp on these teams. And then you add in guys like Franks and all that. The offense is going to come. One of the guys that did look good, and one of his dunks he threw down, uh, Cleveland, was very impressive for us, and he's going to be a very key player for us this year. So, pretty exciting times then for the 36. They did they head off when do they go to Darwin? Is that coming up next week? Next week, yeah, they're cheap. So the it's a flat out, yeah, they go straight from Perth, playing a couple of games into Darwin, then head over to the States and play against the NBA teams, then come back into round three. Um, they miss round one and two, uh, and we'll make those games up later so in the season. Obviously, that continuity getting to play together—they just, you know—and they've had they've been off on on world duties, playing in different competitions around the world. Mm. To be able to come back and start to, you know, and you said Kai Soto, he's he's doing some nice things, but he's had that game time and has you know caught all that court time and been able to, I guess, get that. Um, you know, some form behind him, but able to bring that back and start to, I guess for these guys, start to feel their way as to how they're actually shaping up as a team. Because you can do as much as you want on the practice courts. And I've seen a lot of their um, their Instagram posts where they've, they've put up all their training sessions, but you just can't, uh, particularly this time of year when you're in, the, in your pre-season, you just can't beat actually playing games. Yeah. True. Let's let's move on to the NBA One Finals. These are the national finals, of course. South Adelaide and West Adelaide won last week in the Central Division and have gone over to play against the other national winners from the different uh, divisions. And let's start with the men. South Adelaide came up against the Rockingham Flames, and Rockingham were minus uh, some very good players. Greg High, also the new import that's going to go up to play for Brisbane, but they were good. They hit a very good percentage from long range and just kept South Adelaide. They just couldn't get firing. And you look at Alex Starling, who dominated the week before. He just looked a little bit hesitant for my mind, couldn't get going in that first game. And they need him and Jeremy Smith to be very dominant, to do well in this national competition. And the the other Australian content wasn't really firing in that first game. So then they played Frankston yesterday and it started looking very ominous. They were down, getting smashed by 20 early in that game. They fought their way back. Didn't they? We were, we were watching it at my place. And, um, yeah, they did a great job to get back into that game. Um, the point system is interesting in this finals. They, they award a point per quarter and then three points for winning the game. So, um 
Hang yeah, on. South Adelaide hang on. are now. Hang on, hang on. Mm. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it, How do you get points for winning a quarter? Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of it myself, but that's that's the way. Is that a participation? And just for seeding, just for seeding to get through. So, <laughs> uh, Rockingham are actually going to be playing Frankston. Frankston, funnily enough, didn't win their division. They got in on a wild card and have now made it to the national final. So great job by them. And they did look pretty good uh, yesterday. So today, South Adelaide are playing a consolation game against the Gold Coast Rollers. Um, So that'll be interesting to see how they go. Now let's talk about the women because a lot of people were saying that West Adelaide were going to go over and do pretty well in this national finals. And they came up against Warwick Senators who were red hot, red hot against them and have been very good. They're going to be playing off in the grand final today against Ringwood Hawks. Um, But, yeah, they were dominant and West Adelaide just weren't in the running. They just couldn't get into the game. And similarly against Ringwood Hawks yesterday, uh, West Adelaide were just dominating. And both South and West, I think, May have partied a little bit too I was going to say, did they go, did they go <laughs> over there the in, the right, in the right uh, oh, mind frame? Well, I did see the South boys on Sunday, and yeah, I I'm surprised I even made it over there to tell you the well, truth. Well, I was looking at the bench last night, and it, what, not just the players, but the coaches look a little bit dusty as well. Well, Scotty was sitting down for a bit. He did get up and parade around when they got back into the game, and they, they did very well. They just... Um, Unfortunately, we are in South Australia hamstrung because we have a point system here uh, that levels out the competition here in SA. When we go to this national competition, the other states don't have that. They can spend what they want, bring in four or five NBL players if they want. They've totally different rules. And when you come to this sort of scenario, we are very hamstrung. So... What does yeah, today look like for us, though? Well, for, for the South Australian team. So for South Adelaide, what would you say? Five, uh, five v six? Yeah, South Adelaide five v six. Uh, I don't know how West Adelaide have got into the three versus four when they've, they lost heavily in both games. I would have thought They Aubrey, must have won a couple of quarters. Aubrey would, no. No, they didn't. I would have thought Aubrey would, Donga would have got through that third four. But they're playing Townsville, uh, who are traditionally a, a pretty good team up there. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they go for third and fourth. But the grand finals will be good games. It, it is a good standard. Um, they're not quite the level of athletes that you obviously see in the NBL, but uh, the teamwork is good. And, uh, yeah, they've been, there's been some very good shooting on display throughout the tournament. Speaking of shooting, can we just talk Eurobasket uh, 2022? Mm. And there's a guy named – I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is <laughs> Luka Doncic. Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> He scored 47 points the other day. He's a, a win over France. He's it's the highest. I think it's the highest uh, points scored in the in that competition. Uh, I reckon Dirk uh, might be. Oh no, Anto Decumbo. So Giannis scored 41 a couple of days ago. So he probably right. set him a challenge. Yeah. And Doncic is going. Oh, I'm going to just uh, pip him here. But I think uh, yeah, Dirk. I hate names. You know, like I don't, I'm not good with names, but. <laughs> Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. He yep. scored, uh, he held the he had the record 41 in, in 2001, I think he scored. And then uh, Giannis leveled him. And uh, Luca just come out and some of his shots. Is, is he the best basketballer in the world at the moment? Well, I mean, the NBA game is a lot different to that European game. And the standard of that European game is so high. They play a different style. But considering the style that they play, uh, for him to get 47 points is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And as you said, against 
France, who are traditionally in the top very five all the team. time yeah. and a very good team. But uh, he is legit on the world stage, I think, at the moment, outside playing NBA ball. Um, I think he is definitely the most dominant player going around. He just can't be guarded. He he shoot from. He like that shot he shot with one hand. He's, Runner. He's running away. For three. He's basically running down the, the <laughs> interchange down the tunnel. Yeah. He's got two blokes on him, and he does this like floater. He's having fun with one it too, oh, isn't he? Like smile the crowd. And the, when you, you play that well, well, wouldn't you? I'll tell but, you what though, he is in a bit of trouble because he's got he has got uh, some opposition that he's facing that um, might um, you know put him uh, to a or bring him to a halt anyway, is that um, he's taking on his mum in a legal battle over oh, his wow. trademark. So wow. he, with his shoes, with his, his deal, I guess, with Jordan, he's, who he's sponsored by, he's, he had his little um, Doncic 7, is it 7? I think it is, is, is his trademark or 70, whatever it is. And uh, his mum owns it. So he's, uh, he's fighting his mum to, to get his... Uh, to get his share of the pie. <laughs> Bloody hell. Because he needs it. Unbelievable. Because he needs it. What's going on? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, very good, boys. Uh, Look, we love talking basketball. We're going to be talking a lot more about the Adelaide Lightning as well with the WNBL season approaching soon. The new Adelaide Lightning, your South Australian women's basketball heroes. And we're also going to be talking about the Women's World Cup, which starts in Sydney. How good was it that Jess Madgen... Tess? uh, Sorry, Tess. Yep. Tess Madgen, uh, great South Australian. Yeah. Ben Madgen, of course, a lot of people would know in the NBL, but she, on in her own right, has been a standout for the Opals, um, especially recently, and has been rewarded with the captaincy. That's great news for, for Tess. It is, and she'll do a very good job of it. Now, someone else doing a very good job of it, and we are all about supporting South Australians in glass half full. Well, Kane Corns, our mm. very own here on SENSA 1629, today has started an epic run. I cannot believe that Kane is going to run 780 kilometres from Adelaide to Melbourne. Google Kane's run and get behind him and support it. It's all over our socials as well, SENSA 1629 on Twitter. He started just outside the studio here this morning. He's going to run to Murray Bridge today. Can you believe that? How does someone do that? I I just find it hard to fathom. It's incredible. Have you ever done any sort of running besides to the bar to the fridge oh, the fridge? <laughs> uh, no no i'm not a big fan of running myself uh, other than in what's required in sport but um it's a mental stimulant it drops a lot of um endorphins and that but it it's not for me but <laughs> mentally to be able to do that for 12 days straight the, the amounts he's running, 60, 65Ks 65, a day, basically. 68Ks. Yep. Um, crazy. Crazy. I, 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 obviously, you know, when it comes to sport and stuff, people like to challenge themselves. When you finish and people, you tend to see this a lot. You talk, People talk about doing marathons and I'm going to challenge myself. Not once in my life <laughs> have I ever thought that that was a smart or a good idea but to do 12 days straight, 65, he is in, I know it's, he's, he's built to run and mm. he is an absolute machine and it's wonderful what he's doing for my room children's uh, cancer charity. But I'll tell you what, no way. I'm flat out running down the road. I've, I've been driving a lot around the Glenelg area lately and every time I'm seeing him running, I mean, I've tried to hit him a couple of times, but he's bloody quick. <laughs> He'll finish this he runs, not only is he running that distance, he's running it at a clip. 
Like yeah. he's going quick. Yeah, he's doing three three sort of minute plus Ks of areas. He, he doesn't muck around. But tell you what, it's going to challenge him climbing that bloody hill up there. Mm. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's not just flat running. <laughs> that's going to be a tough one. Let's hope he's got a tailwind for most of this. Wow. Well, his, his breakfast show partner, Andrew Hayes, was on earlier today with Bryce Gibbs, and they spoke to him, and it's worth listening in to how, see how Kane was feeling just ahead of what is this extraordinary effort. 780 kilometres, it's all about to get underway, and just to paint a picture, he's so up and about. I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> Not quite. Kano, what's going through your head? Yeah, morning to you both. Um, yeah, about to get underway, so... The build-up's been big, like it's been months in the making, the logistics of it all, like getting the equipment, getting the sponsors, you know, we've got to shut roads, had to get approval from, you know, SA Roads and Vic Roads, and just so all the logistics have been in the background, and now the, the day sort of finally arrives, we've got a good team out there, as you can see our, our studio um, now, the cameraman, we've got a security guard, got a physio coming, and, and we've got Matt from Channel 9, so I've got a really nice little team, but now it's just... I guess the daunting prospect of trying to get it done. We've been talking about the details all morning. In short, just uh, Google Kane's Run. You can get on board and make a donation there. But last night, last couple of days of preparation, nerves, what's going on? Um, yeah, nerves. Like, And it's just a big sort of family thing as well. Like being away from the kids for 12 days and all that. So there's complications, Bryce, as you can imagine. And Hazy, with you guys having kids at home. So um, yeah, last night was good. I had a mate's 40th, so I went along to that. And still had to do some work stuff for the AFL.com. So... Um, slept pretty well last night, Hazy, but it might be my last good sleep for, um, for a while. Cause as we spoke to Crawf about <laughs> during the week, he said, you just can't sleep because your body aches so much. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. So you don't like going to a function at the best of times mm. and you've always got an excuse to leave mm. early. What about last night when you're at a 40th and you say, oh, I've just got a 780 <laughs> kilometre run tomorrow. That gets you out nice and early. <laughs> well, it's my best mate from school. Everyone was really good about that. I can't believe you turned up. You got to run. So far, and then they're all telling me how hilly it is getting out. Like, so we're going, we're finished at Murray Bridge today. So, apparently, well, as you would know, you guys have been in Murray Bridge before, that the hills, the rolling hills, are, are quite nasty on the freeway. So, um, we've got to get through today. It's about 75 ish Ks today. So, a big day today. Um, and we land at Murray Bridge tonight. So, shout out to all the people in Murray Bridge. So, you got any, uh, any tips when you're going to start to struggle? Because there's going to be times when you're running and it's going to be harder than, mm. than other times. If you, like, are you going to yeah. chuck some music in? Are you going to speak to your kids on the phone, your wife? Like, what, 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 you got any tips that you're going to go to when, yeah. when you're in those struggling moments? Dreaming, S-E-N-S-A, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening to you boys. Um, yeah, oh, you're spot on. Like, it's going to be, there's going to be moments where you think, what the hell am I doing? Um, I, th I don't know. I think, well, the, I love running um, and I love the mental aspect of it. So I'm actually sort of kind of excited about the mental challenge that it will provide in those moments. It's going to be windy. It's going to be wet. It's going to be pretty lonely, big trucks driving past. And I think the, the thought process is just to put one foot in front of the other and get through the next few minutes and then the next five minutes and, and build up to a couple of hours and then have a break and then go again. But I did download four audio, audio books. So, audibles. Audibles. What do you got? Um, I downloaded a couple of running ones, actually. <laughs> Born to escape. Run is supposed to be a great book, so I downloaded that. Hayes, you'd be proud of me. Oh, there's a, a book on the, the Claremont serial killer. So oh, very good. Downloaded Jeez. that. It just gives up on your time. Nice, I'm nice not uplifting stuff. <laughs> Aggressively and, and, into as death. As you go through but... Snowtown there, like, <laughs> on the way out. Well, Hayes is a crime junkie, so I did do that one for something different. Uh, there's a few motivational ones along the way. So anyway, that might get me through. And my favourite movie is Heat. 
Heat with Al Pacino, you wouldn't have seen it because you've seen no movies in your in your whole lifetime. <laughs> but Heat Two is coming, and they've actually done the book of of Heat Two. So I've downloaded the Audible of Heat Two. So thirteen hours of that that should sort me out for a bit. Before we let you get into it, um, it's been such a big build up. Twelve days. Have you imagined what it's going to be like when you turn up? the telethon you're going to be a blubbering mess yeah, I, reckon. I think so i think i will be i'll be relieved. we're gonna get a tear out of that i'll be relieved well i think the hardest part is i've already met some of the kids actually with cancer now and some of those that have been through the battle and been supported with my room so we will see some of those kids and they're going to be along throughout the journey and their families um so dealing with them it's been inspirational it's been heart-wrenching and it's been pretty full-on seeing these kids so i think that's going to be the emotional part of it as well. It's going to be hard as well as the physical part to, to see what these kids are going through. But that's why we're doing it. Um, my room, we're, we're up to about $135,000. So my social media, SEN social media, Channel 9, we all over it. But yeah, five bucks, 10 bucks is going to go straight to these kids. I mean, as heartbreaking as it is, some of this money goes for the children's funerals to help the, yep. the family pays for funerals. So my room's incredible. Uh, I'm um, honored to be doing it for them. And yeah, let's get it done. All right, mate, what you're doing is unbelievable, and that's why we're here. Congratulations. We're going to follow you every step of the way. Um, like we said before, in short, Google's Cane's run, and you'll find all the details there. Now, am I in good hands here? Went on my way for two weeks. Bryce we, got sorted. I'll keep your seat warm, mate. He's keeping up to date. Right. He's, he's, well, look, he's been looking after good. me. Don't worry. He's doing a good job. Gives his fine, but are you happy with Coons? Coons is good, <laughs> but don't, don't let him talk NRL too much, okay? He's got a two-minute window per week to talk. Rugby, and that's it. Mind you, I asked him just before how the storm went last no. night. He didn't even watch it. Oh, he didn't even watch go. it. So, Good. yeah, Good. He's, he's off it. Gaines thoughts rubbing off for me. Mate, good luck. Thank you. Thanks for your support, everyone. Unbelievable performance. Kane Corns running to Melbourne. Get behind it. Google Kane's run. Support it if you can. It's a terrific cause, and I think everyone should applaud what Kane is doing. Just incredible that he is doing. Yeah, good on you, Bungie, because it's certainly... As I say, a great cause, but I just can't get my head around exactly what's going on there. That would take some mental fortitude. No, hats off to him. I think it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, when he talked about the kids for me, and, you know, you see, you meet some of those kids, and we've both had the pleasure of doing that, Brester, is that, yeah, that certainly certainly resonates with you then. Well, it does. That gives you your gut check when you're struggling to think, uh, I'm in bad place, but those kids are doing a lot harder than me. So, yeah, well done on him going through that. I think we should personally, um, as a team, not individually, uh, put something together where we – what do you think? I, I'm more inclined to ride a bike. I can ride at least 20 k's. Stationary. <laughs> 20 k's I'm willing to put in until I, my legs start chafing, and then uh, I'm done. Uh, I'll get the cream out and uh, just – I think that's something we should put some thought into. Yeah, I, mean, I think so as well. I can get to Victor Harbour, I reckon. Hey, speaking of some thought, um, can we talk about uh, some of the cricket going on? Aaron Finch has uh, retired from the uh, one-day internationals. He, today will be his last day, game against New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, a bit sad, I guess. And we talked about him last week, Brett and Obviously, he's, uh, he was averaging 14.9. Um, I think he's had one half century in the last 13, 13 innings. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's just come to the, the, that conclusion that one day is, is not for him. And he's, he's still going to captain the T20 um, and, uh, into the World Cup. And, um, but, yeah, it's losing him out of the one day. So I guess gives someone else an opportunity. And he's probably thought, you know, he's getting to, towards that age where he can just pick and choose what he wants to do as well. 
Yeah, you're right. They've got lots of opportunities and um, there's people just doing the T20 now. He's not going to be a lone ranger just playing the T20s. He's very good in that format as well. Um, and uh, interesting that he's strongly endorsing David Warner as his replacement. Uh, obviously has been embroiled in a bit over recent times, but he thinks that he's done his time and should be rewarded. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It'll be interesting to see what uh, Creed Australia thinks. Yeah, well, obviously he's been banished in that leadership role and has for, for some time since Sandpaper Gate. But um, well, who else would you put in a, there at the moment? Well, is it time to just, you know, let's do, let's forgive. We've we've done it with everybody else. Is, you know, Dave Warner being um, harshly dealt with? Yep, I think so. What about Pat Cummins? <laughs> he, he's, he just comes across as the ultimate professional gentleman. He's got everything going for him. Um Test team captain, like should he be the one day? Well, I don't mind them changing it up, giving the giving someone else the opportunity to learn and to you know uh, build their craft. If maybe if it's Steve Dave Warner's too too old, maybe give it to someone else. What about Alex Carey? What about I'd second that. Uh, Great leader. He's been fantastic. He's like in terms of you look at his stats and and what he's done and his innings the the other night. He came in, and uh, we were in trouble against New Zealand. I think we were five for 50. In trouble. And then uh, he came in, certainly steadied the ship, made 85. And, um, yeah, so he, I think his rise in, in cricket over the last couple of years has been has been very good. Well, the T20 World Cup going to be played here in Adelaide. We've got Australia versus Afghanistan on the 4th of November, seven games in total, including a semi-final. So that's all coming up in a big summer of sport here on SENSA, where you're going to hear a lot of that. And, of course, uh, the coverage gets underway from October 16 in terms of the SEN World Cup coverage. But we've got to turn our attention now to some football. It's been all happening. And before we get to the on-field stuff, the off-field stuff's caught your eye as well, Andrew McLeod. Has Essendon been on the blower to you? Are you a likely candidate for an assistant <laughs> coaching role over there at Bomberland? Oh, it's it's interesting just watching that space. And I, I think they're, they're calling everybody. I'm not surprised they haven't called you blokes as well to see if you want to go over uh, so there. So you have had a call. <laughs> no, no. We'll no. break some news <laughs> here. I certainly haven't. But, uh, no, look, um, yeah, obviously, I still feel for, for me, old mate Truck, I've, I've had a conversation with him and what he's been through and thrown my support behind him as, as a good mate. But, Is he um, going okay? Yeah, I think he. I think he. You know, is, is quite. Um, he's, he's quite disappointed in how it all all panned out. It, you know, but he's he's looking forward to to what comes next. But yeah, I, I just think that you watch it. Is it a question for you guys? I guess is it is it a bit of a poison chalice at the moment? It's just one of the like I, I don't know. Essendon have haven't been great in the in the past in the in the last you know probably seven or eight years and what has happened since the the drug saga, but. You, see, you hear of guys like Ross Lyon and Leon Cameron turning it down. Brad Scott, well, that that was like, yes, no, yes, no. It's back to being yes again. Maybe he's, he's half a chance. Adam Uze has said as he's been approached. There's a number of assistant coaches in the system that have been approached, but there's nothing that's really firming up. And it's a bit like, it, it looks like from the outside, it's very muddy waters and um, oh, I don't know. Does it look like they're just opening the door and bringing back some of their, you know, is, is the Mark McVeighs of the world or the James Hurds of the world coming back to Essendon? I don't think that's the right move. I, I think there was a bloke that rolled up for an interview. He had a, a little bag of uh, white crushed up powder oh. and uh, he was going to go for an interview. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I've been around sport a long time and no one, no one, crushes up their anti-inflammatories into a powder form to have them. Uh, I think we all know what's going on without 
suggesting anything. Um, but uh, he is very lucky that they probably didn't take the sample. And he is in the box seat now because he can take them oh, all to the cleaners. Oh, he can, if he was innocent or not, uh, and we don't know. No one will ever know, um, and we hope that he is innocent. And uh, he's innocent uh, until proven guilty. Yeah. So now he's got the casino over <laughs> over the ropes. Uh, Channel Seven uh, have stood him down uh, indefinitely until they feel like he can go back on because they feel like it looks bad. I mean, hasn't got a good track record. It's an interesting scenario. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Give us a call on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 04271 This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. We do it all thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the parade at Nord. They're one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cards and collectibles specialists. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. AU, but the action on the field has been outstanding and the Collingwood Army are up and about. Uh, they have defeated Frio and they're off to Sydney in a prelim final. That's going to be a cracking contest, Bungie. Oh, look, and uh, if there's anyone that's, that, that can actually take it to Sydney, it's probably Collingwood. And, uh, you know, the, the footy that they've played this year. So I think they'll go up there. Um, you know, they'll, they'll go up there with a bit of a wet sail and particularly take some confidence out of that game last night. Brester against Frio. Um, I think it came down to they just they they those first four goals probably set themselves up uh, for the, for that win because the the kicking afterwards left a little bit to be desired. I think they kicked the the next nine um, shots they had were all points, um, and that probably comes back on the on the on the uh, the back end of Frio's pressure as well. But I could just see some of those Collingwood supporters uh, sitting there thinking. It's not going to happen again, is it? After they um, Frio came back from forty-one points down uh, against the Bulldogs last week over over in Frio, um, over in Perth. But um, yeah, they they just did enough in in that um, in that first four, in that first quarter just to really give themselves a bit of a buffer, Brister. Yeah, good enough buffer. They their pressure that they're putting on uh, in this last couple of months is, I think. Really good to watch. And I'm really looking forward to seeing, because Sydney are a very similar sort of side, a lot of pressure. And in that on that smaller venue at the SCG, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds because the finals so far have been cracker. And that was probably one of the only games through this lot of finals so far where you go, yeah, Collingwood's won this probably going into half time. They were the better team and Frio. Yeah. They made a run with five goals, one in the last, but um, Collingwood were the, were junk the better side. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a contested game. I've just said at the, at the SCG, that's what Collingwood want. They want to take, they want to take the fight to, to Sydney and she's going to be a cracker. Um, I just can't wait. Sydney, uh, Sydney have flown under the radar a lot this year, and uh, certainly this, this is going to. It's got all the the earmarks of being a, a great final. So a twenty point win for Collingwood. Shout out to Dave Mundy. What a career that has been, and topped it off nicely. Brody with the centre clearance, handballs through to Mundy. Go on, David, drive it home. Yes, he does. Good what man. a player he's been. Top 10 all-time games played in the AFL and just went about his business in a quiet, unassuming way. No fuss. Get it done. And he's been tremendous. Every team would love a David Mundy in their history. And uh, Fremantle have got a lot to be proud of and have done very well, if not getting across uh, losing by 20 to Collingwood last night. Could easily still go around again. He could. He looked like he playing. could, couldn't he? He's just – I can't believe how – he's just got better and better. 
And uh, did the Gold Coast come looking for him? Oh, in in terms of a coaching role, or I know that they've you know there's a lot of sides out there that um, you know someone that's been around the system, he knows how to get the best out of his his body. He's obviously got great relationships with the the young guys at Freo and been able to help develop them. So you'd be mad not to give him a call. And Collingwood, seventeenth to a prelim final. Oh, yeah, unbelievable! Amazing. What a turnaround! First year coach. Yeah, I mean. So much credit has to go to him for just galvanising that group and turning it around. It goes to show that I think the mental side of the game plays such a huge part, and he's obviously tapped into that, um, got them playing well together. It was good to see Bungie that the Dacos boys played a right as well. Yeah, right. Um, 25 and 17 touches uh, for those boys. Um, they're doing well to go. We had a fair bit of it as well. Tw- yeah, well, given that touches. there was a, there was a bit of uh, I guess angst around Degowie coming in and uh, whether or not he was he was he was okay. He had that shoulder that uh, they were worried about, but he came in and just did Degowie stuff, didn't he? Chris um, was was fantastic as well. I think he had twenty four six clearances and um, he's some sort of player building himself a great little resume there as well. Good South Australian import. John Noble was good again. And how about Josh Carmichael? The sub didn't get on last night for Collingwood, but this is a man, a young fella, who was playing in Merbeen 18 months ago <laughs> for the Merbeen Magpies up there near Mildura. He could be at the MCG on grand final day if Collingwood go all the way. What a sort of a story would that be? Oh, it'd be a fairy tale sort of a story, that one, wouldn't it, if he can get up? But I'm sure there'll be, uh, there's a fair bit of water to go under the bridge before that, that happens and... Uh, yeah, hopefully he can sneak in uh, maybe this week and, um, you know, get a, get an opportunity to play up a, a Swans up there. It'd be a cracking contest to play in. Well, we should uh, thank Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit their Wavell or Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors who support our program. The other game, of course, Melbourne against Brisbane. Melbourne looked like they were home, but Brisbane were having none of it. And, uh, boy, were they a shock. God, Brisbane... <laughs> Are the giant killers. I mean, they beat Richmond, who a lot of people thought were, had hit that finals form that we all know over the last five years that they've brought to the table. They probably haven't had the best year, Richmond, but were bringing it to the table this last month. And same this week against Melbourne. Melbourne were a bit the same. They hadn't really hit their full form through the year, but the last month were playing quite well. And Brisbane have just gone up and taken care of business. I know I didn't tip them uh, either week, and they've... They've just come through with the bickies. I don't think too many people would have tipped them at all. But um, the thing for the, the, what hoodoo they're saying now, obviously there's all that talk about them not being able to win in, in Melbourne and particularly at the G. And their last couple of outings at the G weren't great. And they would have gone in. Oh, I would have loved to have been in the halftime and, and to hear what Chris Fagan said. It's obviously that galvanised the team and, and, and brought them out to probably just take the pressure off. They made a couple of little changes Jared Berry, um, his second. He had three disposals for the first half playing on the wing. And then they threw him to, to Oliver. Mm. You know, not so much a tag, but just a, here's your starting point. Make him accountable, beat him at the contest, and just go head to head. He had 26 disposals in the end uh, and just really went. He, he just, he, he got him into the game. He, with his, that, that mentality of just in and under and crash and bash and um, taking it to probably the best um, probably the best extraction player in the game in, in Clayton Oliver. So that was great. Um, obviously, uh, he's come under the the MRO's um, eye and has got that one match, which I'm assuming they will they will contest. 
um, Brisbane with the... What do you think of that? It didn't look great. Like, you can clearly see him kind of gouging away. No, but he, he actually wasn't looking. So he was actually sort of fending off. So yeah, there, his be, head, his head yeah. was, his, was away the other way. But obviously they've got that to go. <sighs> Jake Lever. Well, what happened there? That was a mental a brain, brain fade, wasn't I, it? I think the game was pretty much... Oh, so I don't, it was going to be really tough for them to come back. But that there's still an opportunity. There's chances, still a chance it? there. And, and that. when you, What was he doing? When he did the, the first pirouette, mm. I was like, okay, that's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Then he did the second time. And then he watched himself on the screen. Yeah. And he was oh. looking at his... He was, and I was like, mate, give the ball back. Yeah. And... Obviously, that that was that, that was the, the game. That I was mean, you can't blame that, but like when honestly, because I don't think it was a free kick. No, I don't think it was a free mm. kick. There was no pro, and he, the ball sort of flipped out, and he was going to play on. And I, I get that, and I don't think they would have kicked that goal from the boundary either. But and there still would have been half a chance. There's all these ifs, I guess, but it doesn't matter now. If so, next week nuts. they play Geelong. I mean, God, they've had a hard run: Richmond, Melbourne, and now Geelong, who are red hot. Had a week off. Rested some of those older injured bodies. They'll be unbackable, Geelong. You'd have to think so. You'd have to think so. If they yeah. beat them, what a way to go in, though. What a way to go in for you, Brisbane. You like go in them. there. No one rates you. No one. No one rated them on Friday night. Yep. They went down there with the siege mentality, and they they were on the back foot early. They came out and they just went bang, bang, bang. And I'll tell you what. Some of the stats that I was watching and looking at throughout the game really stood out for me. Is and this is one that that I like to see is the one percenters, Bretster. So the one percenters, there were seventy to forty four. So you know, one percenters are the knock ons, the spoils, the smothers, the shepherds, the little things that you that people actually don't see. And for me, that tells me that there's a, that's a team playing for each other. Yeah, and that's why you want to see come finals times. It's it's not about um, kicks and marks and handballs. Oh, obviously that helps, but it's it's the things that people don't see. And they're the things that when you're playing finals, you will do everything in your power to make your teammate better. And that's what Brisbane did better on Friday night than Melbourne did. Ah, spoken like a true Norm Smith medalist. Uh, this is the Bungie and Brettster Show. Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher. Uh, thanks to Laurenex Cleaning. Securing workplace safety. Google them today. I wanted to switch our attention to the AFLW because straight after our program at 11.30, it's going to be Carlton up against Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide need a win in the women's competition. But yesterday, well, I think the Adelaide Crows, that's a terrific win. Kangaroos are a tough team. Gave up the first couple of goals and able to win by 14 points in the end. And the Crows desperately needed that as the reigning champions. I'll tell you what, it's one's probably a hard thing is for the Crows. And um, is every time they play someone, they've got a, they've got a, a mark, an X on their back. Because teams want to come and bring it, and they want to get, they want to bring the contested style of footy. And um, but one thing I did like about the Crows because they they actually looked in trouble. And we talked about it last week, Brett's around some of their um, disposals and you know their, their game's still a little bit. For mine, it's still a little bit off. And I watched some of their front fundamentals yesterday: ground balls, decision making by foot. Um, so there's still an upside there for Doc and his team. There's an upside for improvement, but. It was just the it was it was the it was the normal um, when we talk about Crows AFLW sides we tend to talk about the same people all the time but Ebony Marinoff she's, she's a gun isn't she <sighs> she's definitely back to her best twenty nine disposals she had thirteen tackles she's we know she's a she's a machine seven inside fifties six clearances she put them on their on her back yesterday and had some great support from um, Ann Hatchard who had twenty three touches 
and was solid and showed a lot more composure. Um, you asked for it last week, Bresta, and you got it. She got some some composure. But the other one for me is that Jasmine Garner was giving him some real stick in the middle, and she's a great player. She's a very very one of the in the top ten players in the in the AFLW competition. And they sent the miss fix it to her. Chelsea Randall, the skipper. Yeah, yeah they just said Chelsea just come in here and just make her your starting point and go head to head with her. And she just absolutely nullified her influence and was probably the turning point in the game for me. Yeah, uh, like you've touched on the skill level. Um, one concern for me, and moving on to the Port game, is um, is the amount of injuries, like and big injuries, knee injuries that are happening with the girls. Um, like Houghton's gone down. That's a, a massive out for Port Adelaide. She did it. She's done syndesmosis. She's had a surgery on that. So that's going to really hurt Port Adelaide, isn't it? Their chance, like they're searching for that first win. Um, can you see it coming in the next couple of weeks without her in the team? Well, I do probably poses a question. Where, where does their scoring... Uh, ability come from when you lose your best forward and probably one of the best forwards in the competition. Like she's a dual all Australian, very, very good player, lead up player, skillful, runs hard both ways. Um, I just, I just struggle to see where they're going to, um, she's, she's obviously a big loss, but where, where they're actually going to score from. Um, Carlton are very defensive. They'll come out and they obviously got their first win last week against the Bombers. Um, and uh, be keen to go back to back on you know on their own on their own home deck, but I just I think for Port Adelaide for mine is is more about, it's not so much the wins and losses at the moment, it's more about um, you know how they go about it. And what I see is that is is, is more about improving success, and because success doesn't necessarily come from just getting wins. It's for them, it's about development, being really competitive at times and it's because it's, it's going to be tough. Look at some of the, the teams across the competition. Obviously we saw Sydney GWS yesterday. That was a struggle for, for Sydney. They got, they got belted by GWS and Hawthorne are in the similar boat. Essendon are going to probably be the same. So it's about, you know, development and, and looking, I guess, to the future. But I think if Port can be really competitive, but I just seen this, think they're going to struggle to find a, a, an avenue to go. Well, that's going to be the question mark, isn't it? They get a chance today, though. Carlton, well, they haven't set the world on fire. Just the one win from their first two games, but an opportunity for Port Adelaide. And it goes back to that opening game against the West Coast where they had a chance Mm. and couldn't take it. That's proving to be very costly because the longer, as you would know, Brett Maher, the longer you go without that first win, the more of a millstone around your neck it becomes. The pressure builds, doesn't it? They, They do put a lot of pressure on Aaron, as you would expect, and... For me, she looks like she's carrying an injury uh, at the moment. She just doesn't look like she's got that burst of speed that she has shown over the last couple of years. Um, whether I don't it's... think she's had it for a couple of years, though, Brett. Mm. I think she's carried that for a few years, and the knee, that, that knee has given her a fair bit of trouble. Um, she's obviously very fit in that, and she just she's 37 or 38 years old, and you know she can't expect to, to be her to be going and being that explosive midfielder anymore. She should be spending more time forward because that's where she's going to do more damage. And you saw that with the with the crows, where she tended to a bit like the Dusty Martin role, where she would just she'd take center center bounce and she'd just push forward. Um, and, and I just I guess with the um, with the with the young power side that she's going to be sort of probably be playing a little bit extra 
um, midfield minutes than she'd probably like to. Just chuck her up forward would be a, a bonus, wouldn't it? To be able it, to is, it is a there. bonus, but I think that's going to come. And look, I think she, she just provides great leadership around the footy and um, at, at that club for, for the young girls and helping them develop. Well, great to see the Crows get their first win. I really hope that Port can... Turn around and get that win today and uh, and get their first win on the board. Well, I was glad that the Crows won their second game, but that's all right, was it? Did I say? Uh, first well, win? they won yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main thing. Hey, just one thing. I know it's, uh, they, they, are, they are celebrating in, Indigenous round, the, the girls. Yes, and that, those are great jumpers. The Guernseys look fantastic on, on some of the side. I really like the Kangaroos Guernsey yesterday. No, no disrespect to the Crows, but I really like the Kangaroos Guernsey yesterday. And uh, in true fashion, and as she tends to do, Danielle Ponta kicked probably one of the goals of the year, mm. taking on three defenders. And uh, she just, uh, yes, yeah, sent me a little cheeky message yesterday. So that was very good of her. But uh, no, it's fantastic to see. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great that the, the girls can um, celebrate that as well. And a reminder, 11.30, straight after our show today, Carlton against Port Adelaide, AFLW from Icon Park. Get around, it should be a very good game. Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher are the Bungie and Brett's to show. We do it thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, supporting Sample and community football in 2022. Google Lauren X today. And we are going to be talking some Sample after we hear from the 11 o'clock news. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show. We appreciate your company as well here on the Bungie and Brettster Show. Your voice is important to us. If you'd like to share your thoughts, you can call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 Great friends of the show, Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles at the parade at Norwood. One of Australia's fastest growing trading cards and collectibles specialists. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. Check them out soon. Let's turn our attention to the Samful prelim final, which is happening today on SEN SA and also on Channel 7, not far from where we're sitting here at Studio Lumo Number 1 King William Street. And it is a very interesting clash between the Adelaide Crows and Norwood Bungie. Oh, if let's if, hopefully it's a it's a cracking contest because we saw the 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 qualifying final was obviously a fifty four five point margin. I don't think we can look too much into that case. I think that was a one off for for Norwood, and I've I've heard them talk about they didn't bring it in the qualifying final. Their pressure was off. Their defensive, um, their defensive game was just, uh, and you you can't do that against the Adelaide Crows, particularly at Adelaide Oval. Now I know there's and there's talk about, obviously the minor rounds. They they won. I think it was in round eight. They beat them by five points. In round sixteen by eight points. Both at the parade those games, and they talk about the 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 smaller ground and that uh, Norwood like to. Um, you know, they like to play those tight, those tight grounds, a bit like Glenelg and, and probably Sturt to a, a lesser degree as well. But I don't tend to buy into that at all. I think that when it comes to finals and, and particularly uh, now, and you've seen some of these players that are, that are up and about for Norwood, particularly after last week, this is going to be a cracking contest. What I don't get is that after being beaten by 55, the, the red legs can come in as favourites on the betting for this game. I, I just don't see how that works in, in my mind. You don't I, think I, they can turn it around? Well, I think they can, but I don't know 
why they would be favourites. Like, you'd have to clearly back Adelaide as favourites, I would have thought. Well, the bookmakers, I think, perhaps the weight of money. So mm. there's obviously more yeah, money who's, on Norwood, yeah. which, is, which has pushed them yeah. into that. That's the only reason that would be because um, we have seen big turnarounds, but it would take a big one, 55 points from the qualifying final two weeks ago. But we've seen an NBL grand final series, mm. a 20 to 30 point turnaround from one game to the next, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, yeah. One, then another, then another. And, yeah. and it's the changes you make. And they're probably in a very good position because mentally um, you see in this situation, Teams like Adelaide go in with that overconfidence. Oh, we've just smashed them two weeks ago by 55 and get a bit overconfident. And then you've got a team that's driven, made changes, ready to go, bring that new enforced enthusiasm. And so that's why I probably agree that the red legs might might knock them over for this. Yeah, I, I, would, I think the Crows will be um, you know, a little bit backs against the wall too after their loss to to North Adelaide, and uh, you know having to 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 you know go go back with their tail between their legs and reassess where they are and come out. They've made no mistake about the fact that they want to win the SNFL Premiership. They've earmarked this as as something that they want to do. Um, and it's good for their development. And we've seen some of these young blokes that are coming through. And um, and that's the one thing I look forward to is some of the contest case. And, and you're across this, that, um, like that midfield contest. And if I, if I look at that, Pedler, Turner, um, Taylor versus Panos, Nunn and Roka, that's, that's worth the admission price alone to go in there and watch those guys go at it. Um, obviously... You know, Panos and Nunn have missed a lot of footy, but they get, they've got better and better. And particularly over the final series, that they have been fantastic for Norwood. So, you know, as as a skipper, Nunny will be wanting to lead them on their back. He's he, Talk about speed and the fact that maybe there was one thing that um, Norwood probably lacked. Their skipper certainly brings a lot of that, is, is speed on the outside. And he'll match it with the likes of Turner. And, and Tur- Turner's been... Been He's been fantastic. Been the final yeah. series, and you look at blokes, and this is when you want to stand up. And there's a lot of blokes in that crow side breast. So don't don't be um, mistaken. They're playing for their careers. Mm. Look at look at Frampton for example. What he's done in the final series, he was on the scrap heap three weeks ago. Mm. He's 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 probably for mine the standout player in the finals. Yep, very close as to that, it. As that as that intercept defender being able to set up behind play. He's obviously got a great relationship with the supporters, so he he's gonna he brings entertainment value, and I, I just think that's good. Another one for mine is the the the, the ruck battle. So Strawn, who's obviously a very very good player, coming up against Boyd, um, who's had a fantastic year, polled really well in the McGarry as well, um, and I just think that um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna the midfield battle is gonna be amazing. Um, one of those that's in there, there's a good big article on him this morning in the Sunday Mail. Jay Boyle, young Jay Boyle. He's a firefighter. He uh, works in on B-Shift in town. And uh, shout out to him. I hope he has a good game today because if he doesn't, then all the fireys will be smashing him. <laughs> I think he had nine touches a couple of weeks ago and he copped it from everyone. But he's a good young kid um, and a tough balance to juggle those two things. But, yeah, hope he goes well. Uh, you, you touched on the McGarry medal. What were your thoughts on that? On uh, it, it was a tight battle, like 23 votes. Um, that's a decent enough score to get it done. But a few there uh, right behind him. Yeah, I, I was watching and, and I knew that, um, well, obviously, you know, follow the SNFL uh, quite closely. 
I knew Riley Knight was in trouble at the end because he played, and, and we spoke about it with Case, that he, he only played the first quarter in that last game against South. He 11 had, disposals. Yeah, 11 disposals. And you know, the other he game against South Adelaide, well, almost <laughs> did. You, he was guaranteed to get votes. And the funny thing was the other game against South Adelaide uh, that he played, he got three. Yeah. So known vote getter against South, 11 in the first quarter, two for a tie, three for the win, does his hamstring. So oh. Young was pretty lucky because the, the couple behind him didn't get votes in those last no, games. Roka had a bit of an interruption there too, and he was coming. With he, was, he was pretty quiet as well. But the one for mine, it, and uh, we were, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty good mates with, with my young bloke and uh, uh, Casey Voss. Mm, he yeah. stormed over. We were, we were 21, jump, only we two were votes Jumping behind. up and down on the couch, hoping that, Ka- and he had a massive, had a massive last game too. And we were listening to the, to the, the SANFL commentary and the, the great man over here to my left, his voice, and he's pumping him up on the on the McGarry <laughs> count night. He's going, and, and Casey Voss has had a great night. He's had, a, he's had 24 possessions, and we're like, he's home. He's home. He got donuts. <laughs> oh, wow. That, yeah. Case, Case. <laughs> Stitched him up. No, he's uh, obviously they they played they played really well to the in that back end, Sturt, and they've got some great players as well. And he uh, obviously fell short, but it was a, it was one of the one of the best counts I've seen for a while. It was fantastic. It's so tight, and it was anybody's. And I think as you as you alluded to last week in the show, um, case it. Um, that team of the year that uh, you picked yourself uh, as well. <laughs> all, all the blokes One of the there, selectors. All the, <laughs> all the blokes in there were getting votes. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was just a great count. I think they're sad to feel. Yeah, hats off to them. I think they do a fantastic job. So the Brownlow medal, like we go the next step, they've moved that back now because obviously with the Queen passing with her funeral, uh, they've had to change the date on that. Can I get your thoughts on uh, front runners for that? Who you think is going to hold well in that on Sunday? I haven't even looked that far into it, but uh, looking, yeah, thinking about the, the, I guess the competition is, um, I think Lockie Neal's had another great year. Mm. You know, you, you look at him uh, and, and what he's been able to do. So I think he'll be certainly up there as as one of the favourites um, for mine. And he, he's a proven proven vote getter. Um, uh, have you looked at the market? You you tend to check those things out a bit. Yeah, I'm probably a couple of days away from looking at that market. <laughs> but I know initially at the start of the season, uh, if I was going to put money on, I probably would have gone to Petrarca or Oliver. Um, Gorn gets would, votes. Yeah, uh, they all steal votes off each other. Yeah, though. I suppose. But uh, they're normally right up there. But yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I think the the one from mine probably said like obviously Lockie Neal, but the Bont is is someone who's mm. just you know he continues to to play well. And when you look at the the Bulldogs side and what they were able to achieve this year as well, he certainly stands out. What um, about from Collingwood? Who would be because uh, they've obviously played very well and over the last little bit has there been a standout player for you for Collingwood over the last couple of weeks? Well, I think they. More tend of a to, team effort. Yeah, they they have a lot of guys that, that that tend to stand up. I guess the guys from them that you'd think was pr- probably Nick Dacos, uh, maybe Josh as well. Um, they'll be around around the mark, um, but I think it's it's probably open. It and this is interesting that case because I know that you you did speak about this and you generally these awards they're they're a midfielders award mm. right? So midfielders tend to win them. Jeremy Cameron has had mm. some sort of year. Yep. And he, like, he is the, he's the benchmark for Geelong. 
like he is he is probably the the guy for me that I like. He's he's been fantastic for them all year. And he play he's he's pretty much played well the whole the whole year. Is he someone that could actually pop up and you know maybe maybe pinch the Brownlows? Well, I don't think he can win it, but it's going to be very interesting to see how many votes he polls because, as you said, it's a midfielder's medal. And they do – he did spend some time on the wing midfield type thing, but I'll be very curious to see how many votes he gets. But he's about, 100, he's he about 100, 100 to 1 or something like that, but uh, he's, he's certainly an outsider. But I was just thinking about someone outside that because obviously the midfielder, Patrick Cripps, is going gonna, is gonna to get some votes. Angus Brayshaw obviously won the coaches uh, – mm. oh, sorry, the MVP yep. award. Um, which is voted by the players, and that gives you a bit of a, a good insight as well. So, do the players gonna... rate that? Oh, they don't rate it higher than the Brownlow, but they'd yes, have they have to. They do. They do. I would have thought so. I mean, the players you would think have a better idea. I, I only, just only the good players win the MVP. <laughs> How many? Did I you... just uh, I <laughs> don't like awards judged by umpires. I think but they're concentrating voted... so hard on the game. They can't pick out those other things other than look at who's on the ball the most, for my mind. When you're voted by your peers, eh? That's a fair feather in your cap. Mm. So yeah. you say the players vote that, they rate that more higher than the... Uh... I'd rather be voted by my peers than the umpires. Yep. So better than the Brownlow winning the MVP. Uh, Lee, Lee Matthews Trophy sitting at home. I'm happy with that. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but I, I I just think when you voted by your, your peers, um, I, I just think there's a respect that comes with that. Obviously, you know, winning the Brownlow is 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 obviously a great award, and not certainly not taking away from that. I think it's fantastic, and we've had some very very uh, worthy winners of it. But I just think that it adds another element when you being vote get the players player, Brettster. Yeah, well, I've had to choose like when put the votes in um, in the NBL, and sometimes it does unfortunately when you do that turn into a bit of a popularity contest, and you only remember the game you played and. You don't. You're not able to kind of look at everyone's whole season as well. But but you, um, players tend to keep themselves across the thing. When you when you go because you get a what happens is players get nominated. So you get three or four players from each club. They get nominated as the MVP. You get your rising star. You get your, your most courageous. That you get to nominate as as a team. You get to do it individually. They collate that, put it together, and then here that here you go. So you a lot of the players will just look at stats though. They'll just go back and nah, go, they, oh, like, what's his stats? They yeah, and they'll they watch games. I'm telling you what, yeah. they're very astute. I Maybe in like... basketball they look at stats, <laughs> yeah. but in footy they it's do. very, very different. They're a bit smarter. Over they're there. looking at um, impact, <laughs> impact on game. Uh, just quietly, they should just... have an independent panel. Is oh. what they should set up. I don't know who media. Uh, maybe someone from media, umpires, players, and do an independent panel. I think that would be much better. And you don't have biases as well because when players pick it, you hate certain players and certain coaches. Oh. And you're like, just out of spite. I'm not giving that bloke. <laughs> no, it you don't. Oh, you now don't, the truth's come out. Don't do that. I hey, did. Hey, can... I know I did. Oh. <laughs> just, just quickly, I just wanted to change tact. And we were talking about the SRFL, but just a quick shout out um, cases the Novita Wheelchair Footy League. Sturt have gone back to back in that and they beat the Eagles 87, Great competition. 87 to 64. So. Um, big, so it's a big congratulations to Sturt for, for doing that. It's a huge win. 
And it's great to, to be able to have that inclusiveness in, in our sport. Yeah, they do a very good job of it. And a reminder that the uh, sample finals are on SENSA today. And, of course, on 7, mate, just note that change because originally our broadcast was on the main channel, but it's been moved to 7, mate. So, and the prelim final between Adelaide and Norwood gets underway at 2.45. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. A quick break. We'll be back right after this. Adelaide Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Oh, we're into the final furlong of the Bungie and Bretster Show. Trust you've enjoyed our company here on a Sunday morning. We do it every Sunday, 9.30 to 11.30 with Brett Ma and Andrew McLeod. And we're here to talk South Australian sport. We're here to talk up South Australian sport. All about the good things and a few bad things as well. So we're going to wrap up the show with our breakdown. Can I just give a shout out to, to start the breakdown to Stacey Callow. Now, here's a young girl who's a jockey. I was at Adelaide uh, at Morville yesterday. And she rode her first ever Saturday Metropolitan winner at Morfittville with a terrific front-running ride on Territory Titan. She really won the race. Her ride certainly impacted. Obviously, the horse does all the work. But her ride was certainly part of the victory. And she was over the moon. She turns 21 on Monday. In her last race... She came down off a horse who unfortunately suffered a heart attack and she's oh, wow. in hospital and now she's got a suspected broken collarbone. So from the highest of highs to the lowest of the lows, that's what sport serves up to us on a regular basis. So shout out to her. Hope she's feeling a little bit better and she's got a great career ahead of her. That's an amazing win. Um, I just want to, you know how I love my UFC guys. There was some great <laughs> entertainment in that over the last couple of days. I especially took notice of the Nate Diaz fight. I was looking forward uh, to watching that. And uh, his old mate has Cam's match. Get out. She may have. Oh, I'm not the only person that has problems there, eh? <laughs> oh, I should have practiced that one. Um, weighs in 7.5 pounds overweight. I how mean, many? Come on, 7.5 pounds over. Wow. So Dana White, who runs the UFC, has had to kind of juggle the whole schedule around it. And he ended up putting a really good fight card on the board for today. So if you uh, can get around it, go have a look at the fights today. Uh, I think you'll uh, be very impressed by what's been put in the octagon. Like it. Sounds like what's been put in there something else too. 7.9 <laughs> pounds overweight. Hey, uh, just uh, the one that really caught my eye. Um, this week, it was sort of at the end of last week and leading into this week, is a bloke by the name of Chris Prime, who you would remember, mm, yeah. the, tractor, the tractor, who played for for Norwood, obviously one of their great uh, forwards up there. And I'm sure I'm not. I was trying to remember if uh, the, if the tractor, if Primey played in the days of of Craigie when he had him there wearing their body suits, and uh, he would have loved that, I reckon. I remember Nathan Bassett used to wear it to training every now and then, oh. uh, the old bodysuit that Craigie used to, he bought <laughs> out when he was coaching Norwood. But uh, the old tractor, he played, he chalked up 450 games last week. and uh, That's impressive. For, for the record, that's a lot of footy. A lot of footy. And he's kicked something like, oh, I don't I don't know if there's, they're accurate or there's some, you know, if, if not, but it's 2,100 goals. That's wow. amazing. 
That's a lot of that's, that's, a, that's lot a, of, a lot of goals. How many posters? How many times did he hit the post? Do they count those? I don't. Know, you know, it's one of those things, and I always <laughs> always remember listening to Blighty. Um, you know, when we would talk, because back in the day, what they used to do is the goalposts that were a lot shorter than they are these days. So what you do is you just he'd say is kick the ball high <laughs> over the goalposts, particularly when you're playing on the suburban grounds. If you kick the ball high over the goalposts. The goal umpire's got to make a decision. There was no arc back then no. either. So the goal, and you know, the the theatre of the goal umpire, and he's standing <laughs> behind the goals, and he looks up, and he just, I used to watch it in the sensational 70s and the you know, electrifying 80s, and, you know, I used to watch the winners on, on ABC. And you often see the theatrics of the goal umpires, and they just walk back in the middle and go, with the, you know, giving the, the double fingers out there. But, yeah, I, I think it's fair. No matter what, 450 games and 2,100 goals at any level is just amazing. So well done to the big tractor in Chris Prime. And speaking of amazing, a shout-out again to Kane Corns. He's mm. on Kane's run. Google Kane's run and support him if you can, raising money. He's running to Melbourne from Adelaide, and he's on his way to Murray Bridge this morning. So if you're travelling that way and are listening to us, give him a shout-out, a toot on the horn as you go past. I wanted to ask you, Bungie, being our rugby league expert, what you make of Taylor May? Now, this is a Penrith winger who was suspended for two games for assault. Uh, and he... This happened late last year, so he was went through the court system, was found guilty, and so the NRL suspended him under their protocols. You've been doing the wrong thing. We're giving you a two-game suspension, but we're going to let you serve it next year because mm. your team's in the finals. Now, I don't know if that's a good look. I really don't understand how you do that. Yeah, look, I, I don't think that the um, NRL have... There's some things that they do really well, and there's some things that they don't do so well. And I think I'd put that in the in that yeah, basket. Yeah, that's not there. good, is it's, it? It's you're suspended. You're not playing, mate. You're doing. You're bringing the game into disrepute, or you're doing some you know stuff that's illegal, um, and you're under investigation. Yeah, you you just stood down. You stood down. You're not playing. And I just think that's a smart thing. But sometimes the NRL, they surprise me with some of the things, the decisions they make. It's a bad look uh, for me. I think you just got to serve it then and there and, and deal with it. I, I know they did a similar thing with Mitch Creek when he was under investigation for some stuff over there and, and they suspend it for a certain amount of time. But just give them their sentence, let them serve it. It's you, a bit of a shame. EPL's not on this weekend. Um, Shout games. out to Robbie Cornthwaite, who yeah. we didn't need this morning. I hope all he's enjoying a day off on a Sunday, but all games suspended. Suspended because of, obviously, the Queen's uh, passing, so it's a bit of a shame. In the local competition, Adelaide City had a had a win 2-1. Won, won another flag. the Comets. Another premiership. Mm, yeah, they're dominant, aren't they, in that? Oh, look, I think they're very good, and we saw that in the Australian Cup. Like, if you just look at the way that they, they went about it and they played against um, United, I just think that there's so much upside to our uh, NPL sides and, and what they're doing. Obviously, they've got a great program down there, um, and they have for years, and, you know, they've got great history, and, yeah, it's, it's great to see. I saw a couple of my friends had uh, posted and uh, were down there supporting them, and, and yeah, football gets a, a great, as we know, it's, it's, it's supported so well here in, um, in South Australia, and... Adelaide City, just, uh, they just keep winning championships. They are fantastic. Great job. What about $4.5 billion for the <laughs> AFL media rights? What did you make of that? Oh, it's massive. Unbelievable. We were talking, Bungie, about it, and you said, well, that's what you get for the best sport in Australia. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think what an amazing deal. We also had brought up on our discussion about 
uh, Gillan McLaughlin, does he get a cut of that in getting that deal across the line? And what would that look like? Surely he has to back pocket a couple of mil out of four point five billion. Won't. You can't be doing that. But look, we are out of time. Paid pretty well. We're going to wrap it up here. Bungie and Brett's the well done on another Sunday. We'll be back here to do it again. SENSA sixteen twenty nine next Sunday from nine thirty. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.